DT, we're back. What's up, man? We got a squad in here today. We do have a little bit of the whole crew in here today for episode seven Let's go. of Date Night Conversations. Yes. April, welcome back to the podcast that you co-host. Yeah, we have to clarify that. I co-host it because I was listening to some of the uh, last ones and he's like, oh, my special guest. And I'm like, this ain't your podcast. He said that? Yeah, he's like, my special guest, April. And I was like, no, 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 no. No. But, you know, to be fair, when we first started this thing, DT, we planned it as like a date night conversation where April didn't know what was happening, really. What that is happening? true. So it kind of grew uh, and morphed stop. into this. So technically you were now. a guest on the first episode. Okay. You know what? Uh, we Thank will you, talk DT. after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but in one of our previous episodes, you had the great uh, idea of doing a check-in with Adri and uh, keeping up with what she's doing. Now that she's in nursing school, and this is a great chance for us to hear a little bit about you, Adri. So, and you should reference that she is in episode number four. Four is where we interview her. That's right. The first guest that we had. Yes. And we decided that she was the only one available because we asked a bunch of other people and they said no. Oh, yeah, we did reference that. And then, um, <laughs> so since nobody else was available, we couldn't think of anybody else. You were our first guest. Congratulations. That's so nice. I love you. Thank you for bringing that up again. <laughs> <laughs> you said that was just a lesson in making sure your schedule is always available. Yes. <laughs> so we miss you. It's great seeing your I face. miss home a lot. How's it? Uh, what's the weather like? Um, actually, today it's pretty humid outside. It just rained a little bit. It's been going back and forth from really hot and dry, really warm and raining. So it's about 76 right now with uh, light rain. Okay. Nice. We don't get much of that in Bakersfield rain. That was a really good description, too. It was. I, I was like, oh, she's. Are you going to become a meteorologist? You never know. No. <laughs> okay. Unless it pays well enough. It does pay pretty well. Yeah, maybe I could. And in Bakersfield, I would think it's relatively easy to be a meteorologist. <laughs> it's hot. It's going to be hot and the air quality sucks. Yeah. Pretty much year round. Yeah. So, so fill us in. What's new? Um, so this isn't really new, but it's towards the end of my first semester of nursing school. It, it's just as brutal as you think an accelerated program is. I am so tired. But almost the end of the semester, and then I get a break for about two weeks. And during that break, the whole first week, I'm working every single night. Yeah, you gotta make <laughs> so that not money. Really a break. Ooh, welcome to being an adult. It's super great. <laughs> yeah. So are I you just working? Really want to pay off my credit card. <laughs> are you working nights? Yes, I work nights from seven p.m. to six o'clock in the morning, um, or six thirty in the morning, depending on how much work there is. Sometimes I stay that extra thirty minutes. Just so I lowered my days. I only work really Sunday and Monday right now because I have so much schoolwork to do towards the end of the semester that I couldn't handle doing three or four days. I'd rather you know do well in the program. And also if you get kicked out of the program for failing, you owe them an extra ten thousand dollars. So I it's good motivation to not sheesh. get kicked out of the program yeah. for failing. It's not yeah. So um I lowered my hours and then I go in Sunday night. 7 p.m., get done, 6, 6.30 a.m., get home, sleep a couple hours, get class a couple hours early to study before the quiz, 
do class, go home, nap a couple hours, go to work. And then I go to work Monday night, get done Tuesday morning, go right and do class. And then after that, I sleep all day. Yeah, those are tough days. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard getting your body adjusted from working midnights and then, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to sleep during the day. And I remember when I did that, um, I don't know if you remember, we'd buy mom bought like these real cheap, uh, box fan from like Rite Aid and that makes that loud noise. That. And I still like sleeping with that box fan. Yes. Just that white noise helps. Um, but just try to find something to drown out during the day in case you're having a hard time, uh, as sleeping. if he has a hard time sleeping anywhere, anytime. You have a clean conscience. You sleep easy. That's, That's the way it goes. Half a Xanax. Yeah, I'm at the like point that. where I can literally just go like this and just pass out. Just lean on my desk. All right. So work, uh, you're working at a lab, right? Yes. What's the most interesting thing you've had to handle? Or monkey the most, pox. or the most <laughs> pox. That's yes. the most interesting thing. What's the most gross thing? Also monkey pox? Room temperature feces. Room temperature poop. Okay. That does sound yeah, gross. Yeah, that or never want to get urine in samples in a big tube, and I have to pour it into smaller tubes for multiple tests. But don't, don't let it it's splash. It's room temp. It's been in that tube. Ooh, you whip it pretty. open, and it's like they ate a pound of asparagus. Oof. Ooh. The life of a nurse. Uh, you know what? Uh, yes. Menthol item under your nose. You don't smell nothing. That's a good point. Yeah. Sometimes we use peppermint. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's what's up with work. Talk about school, because work is the first priority. Or no, school should be the first priority, but it's kind of hard because you have to make the money to be able to pay for school. So it's close priority. How's school? Excuse me. Um, it's difficult, but I also really like it at the same time. Okay. Like I'm really interested in it. This semester is a little bit different because the anatomy portion is just kind of building the foundation for next semester. So things that we're learning this semester, we don't actually need to know as in depth as we're learning. Um, so I hear the final is actually going to be easier for exams have been because we don't need to know it as in depth it's cool to learn about what's going on with the body and i am making a lot of friends which is making it really easy compared to the beginning of the semester it was a lot harder i didn't know anyone i was really nervous but now i have friends i usually stay at the school uh one or two nights a week until about midnight studying with them um, names are Bella and Ellie. We hang out all the time. And then we have a group chat of about seven people in our anatomy class that we all study together with. So we all go to class about an hour and a half early every Monday. What's the hardest class that you've had to take so far? Anatomy and physiology. Anatomy and physiology. It is a really difficult class. It's a lot of information. Teach me something about anatomy real quick that I'd really like to know. Um, okay. Give me a lesson. <laughs> Give me a lesson. Something that would be interesting. I don't know if there's anything really interesting that I'm learning right now. Okay. Anything um, weird? You eat about 200 macrophages every hour. What's it called? A they're what? Dead. Macrophages? Uh, macrophage. So they they are eating, they're like phagocytes. So what they do is they you have for these it, immune system cells that you swallow like 200 dead cells every hour. Mm. That's gross. And they crawl. Okay, you know what? Yeah. We can be done. Now mm. I'm not even going to light my body anymore. Okay. What's, gross. what's the weirdest thing you found out about Utah living there comparatively to California? Good, Good question. question. I got the interesting um, ones. And soda here, they have these things called soda bars because they don't drink. So they call it a soda bar. It's not a soda bar. It's just a soda shop. But you can go do some crazy things with soda. Okay. Interesting. Last time you dropped on us that you were uh, dating somebody. You're still dating the same yeah, guy? Yeah, Dad ignored that last time. Yes. What's the story? What does he work? What does he do? Does he, he work? He works for the city. Yeah, does he work? The... Good point. 
Yes, he works a lot, actually. He works um, like 10, 11 hour shifts. And then he does overtime every few weeks. Because so I can afford you? <laughs> yeah. There was a text <gasps> going on earlier. What does he do? Uh, he works for the city's water company. Okay. Cool. Like all the water pipelines, what he works on. And then he wants to go back to school. You can't the promote within the company without oh. like at least an associate's degree. I was just saying, I said that because we had this, you know, text earlier. And, oh. and Jake was saying, oh, you only got crab because your sugar daddy bought it for you. <laughs> I bought his ice cream after that. Oh, that would seem not equal. a fair trade. <laughs> not even close to a fair trade. Yeah, it's pretty much equal. Yeah. When are you coming home? I don't know. So my last final is on the week of August 18th, that following Friday. And I know mom is going to be gone. Yeah, so she said she wasn't going home while I, I was gone because she didn't. Yeah, and I wanted to wait. She, But I work the 29th. So I get off break the 19th. I work 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, a few days where I might pick up extra shifts. And then I work again, the 28th, 29th, 30th, but I have some orientation for clinicals. Are you going to tell me every day that you're not coming? Or are you going to tell me the day that you are coming? Yes. Just curious. Most boring answer I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. She's getting detailed, but let's not act like someone here doesn't give a lot of details. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that is not a sharper jawline. Way to go, grandma. It's funny because grandma gives a lot of details. We're we're gonna start a spin-off podcast. It's gonna be called Stratton Family Values. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be like 30 minutes just straight trash talk. AJ, Uh, get them all. Jacob loves to talk trash, so it's gonna be that's gonna need a lot of editing. Yeah. Yeah. No, let it fly. I won't even charge you guys so I can just show up for entertainment purposes. <laughs> you're going to be like, canceled. you're going to invite your wife. Be like, oh, you got to find a sitter. Because this is funny. That's great, man. Sorry, yeah, Adrian. I have some orientation for clinicals during the second week. So I'm trying to figure out what day that is so I know when I can come home. All right. What well, that means is she didn't want to come home when I was gone because she doesn't really care about the rest of you. That's not true. It's just easier to see everyone at once because I can't take that's two not how trips. I take it. That's not how she interprets it. She would come home just Whatever to see Whatever boost me. for ego, I she guess. She is not coming home just to see you. <laughs> yeah, because I'd pay for a flight, so. That's a good point. He's going to pay for the flight. She's like, <laughs> she's like oh, hold up, hold up. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay. Maybe I will say I'm just coming to see him. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what do I got to say for somebody to pay for my flight? All right. Well, it's good seeing you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Keep working hard. Good seeing you guys. Do your best. And get off my podcast. Love you guys. Love you love too. You Talk to you later. Bye, Adrian. Take care. Bye, Bye baby. Oh, it's good getting to see her. It's always good getting to see her face, too. I like that. I can take these off now. Sure. Do I need to unplug it? No. Nope. You're right. <sighs> I'm going to keep them on. You keep them on? Mm. Why? That's makes not... me feel pretty cool. Makes you feel cool? <laughs> you need way more than that to be cool, bro. I got these uh, <laughs> shoes today that make me two inches taller. Oh, my God. You I'm did. Th- thinking like platforms? About, uh, no, they're running shoes. Running shoes. But they they have the heel. Like the Hoka's? I don't know what kind of because I have those, those are shoes that are like shoes that also with those thick soles because I had the plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, yeah like, those thick soles are like that big, man. That's how mine are. Yeah, I'll they make the me, same thing. They make me about they're not six hokas, foot. Though he, I saw him there and he opened them. They're not hocus. Yeah, they? they're just like running shoes. But he was really excited. He's awesome? like, he's making me they taller. Cool. And then Jake's like, so you can be taller than me. I was thinking about buying Brooksy a pair as a gift. Uh, so he has a, he has a pair of thick ones like yeah, that. Yeah, he too. does too. Oh, Brooksy? Yeah. yeah. I was with like, Brooksy this weekend, man. Because like, you're trying to make him taller, that's why. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
I, he sent a snap of him at the marquee. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, we were on a story. We, yeah. yeah, that's a. I was talking. We went, to we went for I my wife's birthday to marquee. Oh, nice. Yeah, that pool is disgusting. Yeah, we got the private one, man. So we got a little. Oh, little, cabana. little cabana with the private pool. I saw yeah. uh, like a, I don't remember which hotel it was now. I can't remember last week where they showed like the private pool, right? Of just like adults only. And like the pool's all clear, beautiful from up, you know, in like a helicopter. And then the one where the party's at and all the people are, this is two different color pool. This one was like, um, like looked like it was foggy and, and you were like, oh. ew, I do not, I would not get in that. Yeah, you, you don't. It's like, just my know, opinion, but you don't go to Marquee and, and not do the cabana and get your private pool because that pool is Because if so, you're, you're swimming in somebody's pee. So Yeah, so bad. In Throw fact, up. It's a bunch of just a bunch of Nice UTI stuff. infection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is sure. super nice. Well, this Good one's interesting direction. <laughs> <laughs> Shout <laughs> out Marquee. <laughs> and the thing, a, like, this is how our family conversations, like we started talking about a pair of shoes. Yeah. And look at where we ended up. This yeah. is why our podcast works. Dead skin and semen at the marquee. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, you're staying explicit, man. That's There's awesome. no way yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told DT earlier, like, hey, bro, how come it says explicit? We don't really even cuss or anything. I mean, every now and again, we might let something fly, but explicit? Yeah. I, I see it now. Yeah, yeah. Stay, I think you just explicit. need to not worry know, about man. it. Because you know what? We little... actually might get more people listening because it says explicit. <laughs> They're going to be highly let down. I don't think it hurts you, but that's any what means. I'm like. Leave it alone. I don't know why you're so worried about it. You're just curious to me. Like, this He's feels like, wholesome, not explicit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that See, wasn't wholesome. That... <laughs> no, nothing about this feels wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's some problems here. At least this episode. Now yeah. we need some counseling. Yep. All right. Well, DT, we've been talking to a lot of different people. And we wanted to bring in um, our oldest. So we call him Xander, but I think he probably prefers to be called Alex to everybody else in the world. Um, He'll never be Alex. But for me, I get a chance to tell him um, how proud I am of him for a lot of different reasons and for a lot of different things that he's walked through throughout his life and we had some rough years in the teen years and um, but where he is now and where I believe he's going. Um, I'm really proud, really proud of you. You're so, really trying to get off that explicit level, aren't you? You're just like, maybe if we just go the opposite direction, 100%, they'll take us off. No, I mean it. I but maybe it. they will take us off the explicit. <laughs> but, I, but I do mean all that. And uh, so I'm really proud of you because I know that you've got a ton of potential and I don't know where all you're headed, but I know it's someplace good. And, um, yeah, you've worked very hard and you still continue to work hard and you've made it through some, some odds and, uh, you're doing great. So I'm really proud of you. So, uh, tell us how old are you and what do you do now? Um, I am almost 26, which is like cop out. I'm 25. Um, I currently am the VP of sales for heritage solar construction here in Bakersfield. That's Uh, awesome. So, uh, general B contractors sell solar pools, roofs, landscape, um, et cetera. Um, been in the solar industry for a little bit. So um, I really enjoy my job. I really enjoy what I do. Um, it is uh, a lot of a lot of headache um, and a lot of work. Um, but it's uh, it's where I can make the most amount of money as aggressively as possible. So I'm, I'm here to stay. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you love what you do? I, um, I 
like what I do. Okay. I don't love what I do. I love the environment that I'm in. Um, I love the process of building something with, um, well, I mean, building something in general, right? I've, you guys have seen, I've had a, a few businesses, mm-hmm. uh, ventures of my own. Um, so I enjoy that process. But um, as far as like, do I love what I do? Nah, it's it's whatever. Um, but I really like the environment that I'm in. I really like the people that I'm with. Um, and I really like building something with them, um, which ha- is different than where I've been previously in my career. Because previously in my career, I've been very money focused and just trying to meet, you know, meet ends. Um, and now I'm in a position where uh, my my needs are met, um, and I'm I have the ability to create something with my buddies. So I really like where I'm at. That's good. I. I know when we talked a lot when you were um, doing solar stuff about how you really liked it and we talked a lot about kind of environment stuff and you like spending a lot of time at the coast and different things like that. So um, I I remember that that was always something that was important to you. And so it's been cool to see you be able to go through that, um, the solar stuff, and then start to, I know some of the, some of the um, things we were doing weren't as profitable, but you were working hard. And then, so it's nice to see it turn into something that's been successful mm-hmm. for you. I think he likes building something from the ground up, though. I think he really enjoys that. So it wouldn't be surprising like for him to do that because he's done that a few times in starting companies and building them. And then like once they're built, like, OK, well, I'm done here now. Like I need I need this. You know, he needs always needs to be moving. Lord knows he always. I have an addiction to dopamine is yeah. what we're talking about here. <laughs> and I really like the stimulation of building something yeah. and seeing serotonin? it grow. Serotonin, dopamine. Yeah. Not nicotine dope. whatever it is <laughs> but you've always been Teens. good at um you've always been mechanically inclined mm-hmm. i mean I, and i'm terribly not like if anything's broken in our house dt i'm like hey bro yeah come I fix the sink it's broken like i'll hold the tool for her while she does it because i don't know how to do any of that stuff but zeroing up xander is always able to fix things too and look at yeah. you know engines and machines and his brain works real yeah. he's real younger, mechanically like, inclined if something happened to his bike like he could take it apart and put it back together and or he would just figure it out so if he asked Brent, Brent would be like, I don't know, bud. I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. That's probably what Ask happened. Is he got, he probably got so frustrated that I couldn't help him with anything that he just started doing it himself, apparently. So, but I always think that that doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. Cause I do think your brain is, has always worked that way. So that's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. The, my brain definitely works that way. Um, something that like concerns me about myself is that I am like, addicted to that growth phase right like I'm, i really like the building phase and putting in value and seeing like my work um like produce something um but as we've started to level out here um at in the spot that i'm in my i'm not like building i'm kind of just like maintaining and mm-hmm. adding small slow growth and it gets less exciting as like we're not taking massive steps. Well, so. you, I have to say that, and I hate to keep bringing this thing back up, but in doing, when we did the 75 hard, if you read the book, he does talk about that, about um, about how I, the reason he makes it 75 days, and he just like kind of correlates that to life, is that like when you start something that's exciting, right? And then, and then sticking to it through the hard part, and then to get to back to where like uh, you make so much money is the hard part again. And that's why he makes that that whole thing 75 days instead of 30 or 60 
because it is harder and it, it creates that ability to stick with things that um, success comes with being able to stick with the mundane, the everyday thing that you do over and over again that's kind of boring. However, in able to, in being able to do that long term does end up creating success. But that's where people fail is because they can't hardly stick with that mundane. So um, not to keep bringing that 75 hard, but that is just one of those things I learned is that especially in business, sticking to the mundane, the stuff that has to be done every single day to be successful, that isn't fun. Seems like you're a person that likes to be challenged. Um, Obviously that any type of business comes with challenges. Mm -hmm. So there's money to be made there, man. Um, You can, you know, if you really, if you really up to it, you know, get some money together, invest in a business, one that's struggling or failing, turn it around in five years and sell it. Yeah. And he's good with and people. Xander's really good with people. A lot of money to be made there. So um, you can start on a small level and and there's these massive acquisition companies that come in with the goal of having a massive return in five years or less. So looking at that, man, that's that'd be a real challenge. Five years is so dauntingly long. Yeah. Like if we yeah. could do six months. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that. not yeah, but we're, we're talking about like million dollar companies. I mean, ma- you know, multi-million dollar companies. And that's where it like, takes a that's long where he's time. Always to, been is trying to, to, to like as motivated as he is for everything. I do think that I would agree. That's definitely the challenge of s- sticking with it, taking, building antsy. the deploy, the the um, the discipline to sticking to with to it. I definitely do see that that's a, that's a struggle. I, I meant to ask how long were you, have you been at Heritage since the beginning, since they started or how did that um, work out? How did that start? I started putting deals through them in November and I came on officially full-time in like February-ish. Nice. Um, so yeah, I started putting deals through them. I, I had a, a dealership, so I would, uh, I was just, I was just a sales organization um, and I was putting some of my deals through them they're a younger company um, and needed a little bit of logistical help. And if I was going to be giving my business to them, um, I'd like to see them grow. And also um, some of the guys there are guys that I've been friends with for a long time. And some of them are friends that I've just very recently made that um, I, I want to see them succeed. Um, so yeah, uh, I've, I've been with them for a few months. Um, I've been probably eight months now. No, 10 months now, which is kind of long for me, actually. That's actually, yeah. That's well, for you long. to stick under one company, because even before you would be doing like, a, who could you get the best deal through, you know, for your customers kind of thing. So, um, and doing the sales kind of stuff. But um, yeah, for Xander to live in one place for that long is a long time, actually. Well, I haven't lived in one place for that long. Um, I just moved back July 1st. I know. <laughs> That's true. I was traveling back and forth from here to Florida um, for the last, since December. So yes. the last six months. Yeah. And you've, then, been, you've been on the move for a while. You were in Florida for a little while. He yep. Were, he was in San Diego. He was in San Diego for a while. In Newport. He was in San Clemente for a while. In, yeah. in Newport. In Newport for a little while. Bakersfield a couple times in between all of that stuff. I slept in my van. A couple of years ago, he, a van for a he while. built this he, van. He bought a van and he out, built. And like cleaned it out and then built it in the back. I lovingly refer to it as his rape van. <laughs> but he would take that van. All over the place. All over the place. And he'd be like, I'm like, 
Bob, I'm really worried you're living in a van. He's like, Dad, there's like these van communities, and we're like, they're at the beach and they're here. Yeah. And I'm in Malibu today. I'm in San Diego tomorrow, and I'm in Newport on Wednesday. And I'm like, I surf and I'm doing this. Like, it's awesome. And I was a little concerned until we, we would done. reference Chris Farley's thing, like he's gonna be, live in a van down <laughs> yeah. by the river. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we were down in San Diego, and we went for uh, went for a run. And all of a sudden, there's all these vans right there. I'm taking video. I'm like, I get it now. I see what you're talking about. However, these vans were a little, were a little bit more expensive than his. <laughs> I, I, I built start somewhere. my van on like a six thousand dollar budget, including <laughs> the van. Yeah. These people had. Yeah, these people had like. You know, a hundred thousand dollars Mercedes vans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. his no. wasn't quite. Like they weren't that. custom though. No, they were not. His, his was a hundred percent. They were probably custom. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. mine was custom, like a third grader. Built. <laughs> <laughs> it turns yeah. turns out uh, during the process of building a van you have to measure the wood that you cut what and nothing That's... was even like my bed was kind of slanted a little bit my desk was kind of slanted a little bit like however we were impressed because we dad was like i couldn't do that i couldn't do that you had to be built like uh, cabinets and drawers and mm -hmm. your own little water system in there for showers and I mean, you had all sorts of stuff. And he built, he built like some sort of a wall right there, and he would hook a projection up from his phone to be able to lay back and watch TV. Oh, like, yeah. This thing's actually kind of cool for someone who had no training to do that. And right, a spot right. for his surfboards, you know. It was um, it the uh, so when COVID hit, you weren't allowed to knock doors. And previously, I was mm -hmm. selling solar, mm -hmm. right? So that was how I generated all of my business. And yep. um, so I, I had just gotten rid of my apartment in uh, San Diego, and all of a sudden COVID hits out of nowhere and it's illegal for us to generate business. Um, so the van thing, it was kind of like a cope not to live at my parents' house. Like, and I still did, but I just slept in my van in their front yard while I was building it. So <laughs> yeah. While he was building it and then, you know, take a shower in our house. And I come in at like six 30 in the morning, use the restroom, take a shower and then try to build a van again. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't there. He wasn't there long. He wasn't. I no. was a little concerned, but I mean, then he launched and that was a cool Dad party. He's like concerned. I'm like, he'll be fine. He's always been fine. Chill. Yeah. And he did. I mean, he he's like, from my laptop, I can work from wherever I want to go and feel better when I'm at the water. He would send us videos, and he'd be like, look at where I'm at. Like, he'd be like, I'm at the top of this street with, in the back of my van, and it'd be like this beautiful sunset at the beach. So then we're like, oh, It's cool. So many people struggle with not being able to, to handle that type of freedom. Right. right? So many people need structure. I mean, Stratton, he, he, I need oh, structure, Brent. man. We have to it's, edit that out. It's, it's tough, man. It's true. It's, it's really tough. I can't. Um, do so that's that's really cool. Yeah, it's. I, He's it's always all... said that. He's like, I can never sit in a building behind a desk all day long mm -hmm. for eight hours mm -hmm. a day, five days a week. He's like, I can't do that. It's It'll so... make me crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, really, really cool, man. Super. Impressive. You know, one of the things when you're talking about sales that I really um, respected about you was I know early on with sales, it can be discouraging when you're doing door-to-door mm -hmm. -door sales and you'd call and you'd be discouraged and we'd talk about it. And I knew it in my head but I didn't fully grasp it. I'm like, this is a numbers game. Like you've got to get back out there and just keep knocking and keep talking. And one day you called me and I don't remember what the number is and you might not remember it either, but that's not the point of it. The point is you told me I figured out that I have to knock on this number of doors. And I want to say it was like 95 doors to and get told no 95 times for one person to tell me yes. And if I can get one 
yes, this will take care of my bills for X amount of time. And if I can get two, then I get this amount of time. And so I always thought that was such a cool way that you figured that out and what those, what that, that data was to keep yourself encouraged. So I've always thought that was really cool. And then even living in the van and ever since he's been on his own, you live a very, I tell you, he could live a very Spartan lifestyle, man. He'll take like, he'll go to the grocery store and he's like, I bought 12 gallons of water, 18 cans of tuna, uh, a tub of protein shakes. And um, this should last me for two weeks. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, no, this is all, this is all that I need. He goes, I saved so much money. I, I this will feed me for like two weeks, and I spent like thirty seven dollars at the grocery store. Well, now it'd be one hundred thirty seven. Right, yeah, <laughs> inflation stuff. But I always thought that was those are the two things I really liked: is your determination right. for that, and then like how you can make resources last. Yeah, I um, that's something that actually uh, Austin here was talking about the other day. Is that like he's so much more bougie than I am because. I, I see our, our work trailers that we have that we pull equipment in, and I'm like, I could live in that. <laughs> I, I could totally take the, one His of those from work are, uh, and no. outfit it and put it in my par- car parking lot, and I could save $1,700 a month on rent. Like, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, do, I have no pride when it comes to my living situation. That, one, that was something that I realized living in a van that I didn't like was that like I was just shy of being homeless like just so close to being homeless um but i was in a van and it was kind of cool uh for a little bit until like it started to settle in that i was homeless (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed it it was nice i wish i would have had an extra seventy five thousand dollars to build the van out and then i probably would have never left he's like i probably would still be living in a van if you, you have you what? seen some of those dt some, some of those, those are amazing show me these video there some of them are like amazing the stuff yeah. that's inside I mean, yeah I, still looking at vans i have so. seen them oh, uh, I, I can't with the rent. i had Can a client i had a client a few yeah. months ago um they bought a it's called a schoolie they bought a school bus and they like they live in it um and they completely made it into like a little house right. it's pretty yes. sick like and the guy's super He's super good at like carpentry and like he has that place dialed in. But a bus is a little bigger yeah, than a but, van. Yeah, right? but stay, same, you know, same, uh, same situation. Same like, concept. If yeah. you do get one, can you make sure it has windows? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Fair Great. enough. Well, then Great. we will continue to call cool. it a rate van <laughs> until you have windows. <laughs> I think, um, you know, at before, uh, before all this started, when he was looking at, you know, what am I going to do? What, what do I want to do with my life? Where am I going to go? What kind of a job am I going to get? You know, how am I going to do things? And we were just working on encouraging them things that I think probably, you know, a lot of, a lot of teenagers, um, go through, you know, and we would encourage them because we've seen how much potential he has and the drive and all these things, you know, one of my favorite stories about him is we get a phone call one day from his school. Let's go. The donut story. The, yes, donut story. the donut story. You knew where I was going with it. Yeah, Not happy with the school, but this is a great story. So the school calls and they're like, uh, we're suspending um, Alex. And I'm like, what? good luck. Yeah. What are you talking about? And like, well, he's been selling donuts. We're like, yeah. Said, and what? He's, no, no, what you, we, we knew. What do you, what do you, how are you going to suspend him for selling, selling for selling donuts? So this dude had the idea when he was looking for ways to make money, he would go and buy donuts from the bakery and then he would sell them walk around on campus he would right. sell them he was making money that way but then he, he started with one do- one yep. like a dozen right and then as he got super popular he started going to all the donut shops almost like 
uh, well, it was like one donut shop. Them. Shout right. out Angels Donuts yeah, on Angels Hagman. Donuts. Oh, there dude. you go. One of the best. And yeah. he would get so like five dozen donuts and take them to school. And then, like a drug dealer, started having other people sell donuts for him. He was making a lot of money. At other schools, too. <laughs> At other sick. schools. Yeah. He was making so much so money. So how many do- how many dozens of donuts were you buying from Angels every morning? Uh, between 12 and 14. Okay. Um, yeah. They're probably like, what the hell happened to that kid, man? We need him back. So what originally happened is my buddy Troy, uh, it was his birthday. Um, and during like a zero period wrestling practice. And I was trying to wrestle at the time. Um, trying for sure um so i brought a dozen donuts to practice um mind you it's freaking wrestling season right now so none of us are eating donuts <laughs> so troy ate one like out of respect he's like oh thanks for doing it but then i had 11 donuts left over um so i took it to my first period and my buddies were like hey can you have a donut and i was like for two bucks they're like sure i'll give you two dollars for a donut and i was like oh sick so then, like, the next guy was like, hey, can I have a donut? I was like, three bucks. He's like, nah. And I was like, all right, two bucks is where I have to sell these donuts at. So <laughs> um, I I established my price right there and sold out of that box of donuts. And then the next day, and I was like, got to get another box of donuts. And then sold out again first period. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm taking my cost for a box of donuts, like, nine bucks. And I make $24 on a box of donuts. Um, so I started doing that. Um, during my first and second period. So I'd bring two boxes of donuts. Um, and my uh, history teacher at the time was super pro um, entrepreneurship. Um, and he was like, hey, like, you can't be walking around with boxes of donuts. He said, but you can keep them in my classroom if I can have one. And I was like, deal. Like, I'll, I'll keep them in your classroom. So, um, you know, one box turned into two, two turns into four, four turned into the first four periods of the day. I had a kid in P- the locker room at PE that had their donut, a uh, box of donuts. And then <laughs> that turned into uh, frontier Stockdale independence and Liberty. The first four periods, I had somebody in the locker room with a box of donuts and then they caught me. Um, well, they caught you because someone told, Oh, a kid didn't give you your money. No, they. Uh, and the mom called. Well, because a kid, one of my salesmen, didn't give me my money for the box of donuts that he sold. Yes. And then he had the code to my locker, with all the donuts in them, and I was gonna beat his ass. Um, <laughs> I was pissed. Um, yeah. And that's where they originally found out. And they're like, Yeah, because hey, his mom called. Yeah. Hey, you can't, you can't be selling donuts at school. I said, well, why? And I said, well, because it's against the health safety regulations. Like, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where? Mm, okay, let's, let's just take a look at these rules. Like, it's because I'm violating, like, food safety regs. Like, right. So everybody has to have a food handler's permit. Like, those are $17 online. So everybody has to get food handler's permits. I'll pay for them. Everybody got food handler's permits. And then you have to use gloves. So we just use gloves. And you had to have, like, a bag so i bought a bunch of bags to keep them in and now i'm going by the regulations like this is by the book screw you i'm gonna keep selling these donuts um and we kept getting like hit by the security guards that were like hey like we're gonna take your donuts we're gonna take your donuts and eventually they caught me and they were like you know we've told you so many times we're gonna suspend you and i was like why like i'm saving up for college like my i can't no, you're not going to suspend me for right. this. Um, actually, I, th- I, th- I thought they said they were going to expel me, and then um, we had argued it down to in whatever she, suspension. whatever she, no, she was going to. Sus- 
she said we're not going to expel him because <clears throat> something about like uh we haven't told him it is like they haven't documented how many times they told you and so uh she's like so we're suspending him and um she com she said we're gonna suspend him and i pitched a fit because i was like this is stupid he hasn't actually done anything wrong and she's like well he can't have him because it's not like food handling and it needs to be it can't be stored in a locker and it was just a, a bunch of nonsense because i was like so you have a kid who's uh building a business right he's not he's not selling drugs he's not beating anybody up he's not doing anything wrong and you want him to stop and um someone else that i had spoken to at the school was like yeah they don't like it because he's making money and kids aren't buying from their store they're buying from him <laughs> the it's, student store yeah yes. I, I was taking profits from the lunch line that's um, what was mm -hmm. happening so they wanted him to stop and it, it was finally she was they were like oh well he can sell out front but it can't be on school property. And he Sad. tried that for a little bit. It didn't work. It didn't work the way it was supposed to. Well, yeah, to. it wasn't convenient to the kids yeah, anymore. It, no. It's like candy in a grocery store aisle. If it's not convenient, right. I'm not going to go out right. of my way to buy it. However, this kid is making like $900 a week. It's sad. You got, Easy. You got 100 However, educated. He was also spending it. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's sad. I've been balling since day one. You got, you got 100 educated instructors at a school, and they, right. they can't find a way to turn that into something like that's beneficial for be everybody like, there. It's crazy. I just feel like they would be like, this is amazing. Okay, right. so there has to be some rules. You can't do this. So what we're going to do, we're going to set you up, right? We're going to set you up at the school. We're going to let you sell it. You just give part of the part of the profits to the school or, like, or something or to like his something. class or something yeah, right? something yeah, to help that like because not every kid fits in the box of uh what uh regular schools teach For sure. and i just i feel like personally i think they failed at that i think they failed uh to help grow that uh he could have made it into something and then turned it into something later you just don't know yeah agree and um i just i think they failed i think they were very short-sighted on that and the profit margins on it were sick. I was paying, <laughs> I was paying the my sales reps fifty dollars a week. And mind you, we're in high school, so we don't have like any overhead. Right. Like fifty dollars a week is like gas money, food money, etc. Um, and so they got fifty dollars a week, but they were bringing me in forty eight dollars a day minus my. I also cut a deal with Angels Donuts. Yes, to say, weren't you working with Angels yeah, to like get your donuts cheaper? cheaper you too? bought so many. Yeah. yeah, I was getting them for like so. sixty eight cents a donut, comparatively to like ninety seven dollars a uh, ninety seven cents a donut right. that they were selling in retail. So I, I cut a deal with Angels Donuts, and I was they each like sales rep was bringing me forty eight dollars a day. But like my cost on it was minimal. You know what I mean? We're talking like 15 right. bucks or whatever. Right. So I was per sales rep was making like 30 bucks a day um, across five or six different schools. Right. Um, and like weekly, I had like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month in like employee overhead. I will and say we did not know until a little bit later he was making like nine hundred dollars a week. Yeah, he's selling kid. a couple donuts, so he's making a couple bucks. It was like holy shit! Yeah, I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year on donuts <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I was also spending all of it on my girlfriend. Like, would pick her up from school, like take you know, her to breakfast, drop her. We off didn't at school. like her then. We still don't like her now. <laughs> that girl. R.I.P. <laughs> she's not dead but she is to me r.i.p to the relationship that's uh but it, but that same drive that you had that's yeah. what you started applying you know towards once you know your your professional career and he started out super humble this was the thing that i loved about him like i don't know what i'm gonna do like you're gonna have to find a way to grind through this man and 
and work through and be able to, to find, find something. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is he goes to Home Depot, he buys a bucket, he buys a brush, he buys some like cleaning soap and starts going door to door asking people whether he could clean their solar panels. Right? And this is before all those companies were around. What what actually happened was I was like in between like businesses and jobs and trying to figure it out or whatever. Um, But during that time, like I learned how to detail cars. Um, And one of my buddies and their and his dad started a solar cleaning business. Um, so they had like pressure washers, cleaning solution, rags, towels, and a big box truck. So I was like, hey, like there's no way you're using all this equipment all the time. Like, can I sublease the equipment from you when you're not using it? And he was like, well, actually, my dad just decided that he doesn't want to be part of the business anymore um, because he's 60 and doesn't like being on roofs cleaning solar. It's like, so I'll give you a portion of the business if you come on as a partner. And I was like, sure. Um, And then we went to Home Depot and got a bunch of just like extra material and just started door knocking door to door trying to sell solar cleaning. And that was like the first business of mine that ever like really took care of like my living expenses needs and became profitable and and then one day he's at the house and he's telling me he seems a little stressed i'm like what are you talking about he goes well i got this contract to clean this solar panels in this big solar panel farm somewhere in the south like i don't know if it's florida or south carolina wherever he is south carolina in south carolina and he's like i have to work on the logistics to get uh all the equipment you know trucked out there to be able to clean it and then paying these guys to get it done and going there. So he was able to, to grow it and then sell that business. But it was really cool seeing the progression of just your ability to, to grind and to work through things and to start very small and to be able to, yeah. to build it to where you are with I, um, heritage. Right say, now anytime cool. he's moved anywhere for whatever reason, he's always had a job within like 24 hours. So when he's like, Hey, I'm moving to San Diego and we're like, Oh, Oh, you're, you're leaving now. He's like, yeah, this is literally how it right goes now. for us. Like right now, you're like super great way to plan, but okay. <laughs> Where are you living and what are you doing? Sleep Don't on my know buddy's yet. Couch. He's like, I got a friend that lives there. And then he would go and then the next he'd be like, so I found a job, you know, being a waiter, being a bartender or something. I found a job here. I'd be like, all right, cool. We never had to worry about that because he'd hustle and he's super good with people. He's very personable. So he would just like immediately have something and be like, all right. And then it'd be like, he's like, it's not the greatest, but I got to figure, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, cool. So he's like, you're adventurous. And I love that about you. Yeah. Cause your dad's not spontaneous. You're, I mean, you, I respect the work ethic component a lot because I really respect that in people who grind and continue to work and put in those type of things. You're innovative. Um, you know, and I just, those are some of my favorite things about you. Well, something that like I actually draw back on pretty often. Um, it's just like, just like, it, it is like a, 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 like a life changing experience for me. Um, do you remember that time I had a ha- Halloween party in my house and I got side busted yeah. by those dudes and then they stole my safe out of my yeah. room? Um, so, I don't know why I didn't trust the banks. Like I'm just putting all my money in the safe at the time. Um, and I threw this Halloween party, um, which was like when I had the business and uh, the solar cleaning business and it got out of control, like way out of control. 
um, and some like dudes from Arvin came by, started fighting in my front yard. I tried to break it up. I get punched in the side of the face. Like I stumble back. I like get like look up and there's like, like a gun pointed at me and I was like, screw this. I'm going inside. And I like, turned and like fast walked inside, locked my door, called the, called the cops that there's dudes fighting in my front yard with a gun right now. Well, while all that was happening, somebody was in my room and pulled my safe out of my closet and out of the ground. I bolted it into the ground. So they pulled it out. Um, and I had every single dollar I had in it, like every penny. And I remember like the next morning calling my dad and being like, just distraught. Cause like, I have no money anymore. Like I have no money, no options. Like I'm broke. Like, I don't know what to do. And like, man, I was, I was crying. I was pissed off. Like, you know, feeling real sorry for myself. And, uh, my dad, he's like, Hey, like, I, uh, I know that like, you feel like really bad right now. And like, I know like this is like overwhelming and it sucks, but like you hear your options. You can sit here and cry about it and complain, or you can get up, go to work, fix it. Those are your, that's your only two options. There's the only way you're going to get out of this hole right now is to start working. Um, so I draw on that really often to be like, that was that's the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. I gotta fucking man up and work. We'll have to edit the f bomb out. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. We're already explicit. It's all good. <laughs> that doesn't right. have to come okay. out. I'm, and and Lexi, that is my one of my favorite things about you is your work ethic, and we talk about that a lot, like how hard you work, and mm-hmm. you've been from both ends of this country working right. in the West Coast, Very East resilient. Coast, in between, resilient different job different and, companies and we don't talk about this about but he's had a lot of a lot of stuff go on in his life that he's had to be very resilient from mm-hmm. to uh to choose we talk about this a lot in mm-hmm. our um podcast to choose to get back up or to choose happiness to choose love whatever it is the emotions are those are choices that you're making and to choose not to wallow in that and it's okay to have that that for a little bit right like feel sorry for yourself for a minute or to feel those feelings and then to turn around and go, all right, and now what am I going to do to change it? So I got to get back up, whatever it is, I got to get back up and continue on. And he's been very resilient, I think, for almost his whole life. And we're been super proud of that. A lot as a kid, a lot, of a lot as a teenager, a lot yeah. as a young man. Because he could have chose the other way. 100% could have chose like to just give up. Almost chose it. Real close. <laughs> Real close. I think about giving up every single morning. <laughs> there was there were years where mm-hmm. I was concerned about you and whether you were going to how how things were going to go with you and what choices you were making and what choices you were going to make. And I am so glad that you finally saw in yourself what we saw in you and your ability Forever, to do. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of frustrations that I had when I felt like you weren't living up to what your capabilities were and you couldn't see in yourself what we could see in you. And that is a big regret for me and something I would have done differently. And, um, you know, I know when um, April and I got married, I was 23 and Thank Xander you for throwing that out there with the whole hell yeah you guys if you listen to the first we talked about cradle robbing earlier that's right so yeah. April was again a cradle robber <laughs> but I was 23 and Xander was seven yeah and I was 
not fairly confident, a hundred percent certain I had it figured out. And he this is the not. way, you know, you're going to, he's going to be like, this, this is how we're going to do is things. This how things should be done. And even through his teenage years, I was convinced that this is how things were going to be done. And I look back on it now and I shudder to think of all the mistakes that I made you know, through your teen years and things that I wish I would have done differently. And I know it's been a couple of years, but you know, at one point, you know, a year or two ago, I apologized and told, you know, I, I know I screwed a lot of different things up um, and things I could have done better and should have done better and things I could have done differently. And I'll be better with your little brothers than I was with you because I learned so much from you and I've learned from Adri and now <clears throat> I feel more prepared as Jake and Caleb are entering their teen years than I ever did before. And I could, I knew, I look back on it now, it's so obvious how wrong I had it. Cause the only thing that we'd ever argue about really was kids. Right. Because I think April could see that I was wrong. And the only dummy that couldn't see that they were wrong was me. Cause I would tell him, I've been doing this for a while. You're not right. <laughs> He'd be like, I got it figured out. The, the funny thing I've realized, like as I've grown up is like how, alike me and my dad are like we are two peas in a pod and i was uh, he says seven i don't know if the math adds up i feel like i was like 13 or whatever you were uh, seven when we got uh, married <laughs> i feel like what are you are you 13 or 16 years older than i am well i don't know he's just literally he's how old are you seven. right now 41 41 how old am i I'm 45 <laughs> You'll 16, be 26. <laughs> 16 years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been married for 18 years. Yeah. Um, and I had a very much classic, you're not my dad attitude. Um, right. Which definitely didn't serve me well at the time. Um, but I also couldn't imagine being 23 years old and dating and marrying a girl who has a seven year old and a four year old. Right now, if some girl came up to me and was like, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, I'd be like, that's crazy. You're going to be a single mother for so long. <laughs> Adios, dude. No, chance, no freaking way. Are you kidding? I'm, I'm nervous about my Netflix subscription. There's no way I'm doing that one. <laughs> so yes. you deserve a lot of credit for uh, the ability to have taken that on. Um, and as I've gotten older, it's definitely um became much more apparent how alike we are um and i've also like see in my day-to-day -day life how alike we are so you know opposites attract we're like the same person um which means you're kind of a douchebag but <laughs> you know it, it works yeah, out well it, i mean it's yeah there's there's i think i tend to focus on the bad and there's a lot of good that was in there mm -hmm. too but we've been through a lot and yes. we talked a lot about um, blended families and things like that. And um, you know, a lot of frustrating teen years and things, but you know, you talked about some good, we talked about some bad. What, what advice would you give um, to people who have a blended family? Like right. you, you said, you talked, you had the classic, you're not, yeah. you're not my dad. Um, and I remember, and I remember saying this early on, like, I'm not, here to try to replace your dad or anything. I'm just another guy that loves you. You know, I love your mom and I'm a, another guy that loves you and I'm trying to be here. And there was, there's ups and downs with that, but mm -hmm. from, from a guy that lived it, um, what advice would you give to, uh, to blended families? Um, am I, am I speaking like to the, 
to the dad or to the kid? Maybe to both. To anybody in a in a blended family, because you know, I I don't I, I'm, I'm I'm I don't know what the exact stat was, but I read it that um, blended families are like the it's the norm in America right now, right? Is that almost everybody has with a, a divorce rate of over fifty percent? You know, you're going to have blended blended families. blended families, and all I ever hear is the negative about it. And I tell people I don't know any different. This is all I know, and. We've talked about a beautiful chaos. I can't imagine my life being any different. And right. I've never felt like I I never felt like we treated it any different. We don't know any different. It's just it's just our life. It's what it is. Right. But I, I'd be curious for you, speaking to a a, a stepdad, a biological dad, a uh the we kid. We talk about this and we actually talk about this a lot with our friends, is that and we talked about this, I think maybe in episode one or two, I don't know, uh, about how um, a lot of the th stuff that we all went through, we really handed that to the fact that we were a blended family. However, as we've gotten older and talked to other friends um, that have kids, a lot of the stuff that they have all gone through is the same stuff we've gone through, but they weren't blended families. Right. They were just a dad and a son and they didn't agree. And then, or a daughter and they didn't agree or the mom and the daughter, like it was literally so many times we've come across that is that I think we gave so much credit to that. Well, we're a blended family and that's why. And then we came across so many of these people that the dad was like, I just can't connect with my son. And all we do is fight and he's doing this, he's doing that. And then we were like, oh, holy crap. This is just, this is just raising kids. This is just being a teenager and a dad. And a lot of times like being raised in different eras and going through different things. That's all it ended up being. And we just gave so much credit to it being a blended family. So. Yeah. I think if, if I were to give advice to somebody that was in um, a similar predicament that we were, um, obviously I wouldn't give this advice to like a little kid. Like if I give give this advice to a little kid, it's like, Hey, uh, go paint curbs and wash cars. Like that's my advice for sure. Um, but if I were to talk to somebody who was Jacob's age, you know what I mean? 15 years old or to, to another adult man, um, my advice would be to realize that like there it's actually, it's, it's, do you guys remember that restaurant Sonder here? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. the word Sonder means to the, the realization that each person is living their own individual life. That's just as, incredible as the one that you're living right now um and like just like thinking that that the person on the other side of the conversation it does not know what they're fucking doing like they have no clue what's going on um kind of relieves a lot of the stress because we're all bsing it right here um so for like another dad that i was talking to like hey like your kid like they're they don't know what's going on they're just they're just reacting to their environment as it is and like you get the the joy of being like part of it. Um, so like appreciate those moments. But also if like if I was giving that advice to a kid, I'd see the same thing. Like, hey, like your dad has no clue what he's doing. Like there is no written book on this. There is no right way to do it. Um, he's he's going off the fly of a seat. So you have to have a little bit of mercy for somebody else because there's no right way to do it. Um, and the way that he's doing it right now might seem wrong, but 10 years down the road, you might think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. Cause there's some things that happened in my childhood that like at the time I was like, I hate this dude. Like mm -hmm. screw this bald, ugly fat guy. That's raising me right now. I don't say, like him. He's not ugly or 
Pat. He is bald, though. So. He's for sure bald. <laughs> <laughs> we skipped over the bald. He is bald. Yeah, um, we can all agree on that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good advice, man. Yeah. I read this the other day. I wrote it down, but I thought it was super good. And the reason I thought it was good is because Brent and I have had these conversations. Don't expect you from other people. And I thought this is good for parents and kids because I think um, sometimes we expect our kids to to act and be like we are, but they're not. They're ex- they're hundred percent individuals. Right. And um, I will say that having an older kid like will be better with the younger two, right? Because he got to be like the experiment, right? And his sister was she was also because she was the only girl, but also She's an experiment. An hush but don't expect you from other people still applies with your children don't expect you from your kids because you're not the same they do have different personalities they do, might see things differently uh in life they're going through other things me i wouldn't i would not want to be a kid or a teenager in this day and age i would not uh, it's way different from what we experienced and i just think that is such good advice um, because you can't like, you don't know what just the person that you meet on the street, what they've been through to expect them to react the way that you would react. I think it's kind of asinine. Like it's, it's very short-sighted and I think it's short-sighted with our children. I don't think we give them enough credit in how they see the world and, and, um, how they're experiencing it. I don't know. I thought that was really good. That's a good reminder. That's I think reminder. so too. I, you know, as, um, as your brothers are entering their teen years. Oh, Jesus, um, help me. Yeah. What advice can you give us on things that, you know, outside of the blended family, what can, advice can you give me of things that I didn't do well in the teen years that, um, that him, maybe I, I could do, great. maybe that I could do differently with them than I did with you? Teach your sons to clear their cookies and website browser history. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best advice you'll ever get. <laughs> that would be to them, not to us. <laughs> okay, that's their advice. Before you start looking, clear the the cookies and website browser history. <laughs> uh, they've already jacked that up. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, hi, dude. <laughs> Those like, little perverts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like advice to you on Mm -hmm. raising them. Um, I think, I think again, it still goes back to that same word Saunders. Like they're like, they're individuals. Like they don't have it figured out. They're reacting to their environment and all you could do in, in my eyes. Also, I'm not a parent, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. Not even a clue, but my advice to a parent from a very third party perspective is that they're just reacting to their environment. They're, they're kids, they're learning and, um, you, you can't protect them. You have to just let them like learn their lessons. Like which is, you did a great job of letting me learn my lessons for sure. Um, and I think that same thing with them, like they're individuals, you have to let them touch the fire. Um, they'll figure it out. Uh, and you've done a great job at, and this is really just advice to you guys, but like you guys have done a great job at, at raising kids with good morals and, um, you fall back to your lowest level of training in a stressful situation and your lowest, their lowest level of training is very high caliber. So they're going to be fucking, they're going to be great. They're going to be okay. Um, to other parents out there, spend more money. 
That's my advice. That made me laugh. Sorry, I will spit that out. Spend more money, just buy them stuff. Just yeah. buy them stuff. Yeah. You don't need love. It's not Corvettes. It's not, it's not time. Beach trips you know and vacations. Don't, don't spend time with them or anything like that. Buy them stuff. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. You can buy their love. We uh, we went to this funeral of this uh, one of your dad's mentors not very long ago. And I will say something that his daughter said that really kind of, I think, struck a chord with me. It was that she kept saying, even my dad was right or wrong, he kept showing up. And I think that's huge because as parents, we really have no idea what we're doing. Uh, we have four children. Every child has been exceptionally different from the other, especially with discipline, uh, what's important and what's not. They are all very different. Um, you would think like, oh, no, it's the same. It is not the same. Every time it's different. But it was super interesting. She kept talking about that all because he, he had five children and he's like, same thing they all kept saying, but my dad just kept showing up. And that was so important. And I think as as parents, we're super, um, well, at least we are, we want to get it right because we want them to have a great life. We want, you always want your children to have a better life than you did. So you just, you want them to get it right. Um, but we don't know what we're doing. There's no instruction booklet, as he said, and it wouldn't matter. It'd have to be a different instruction booklet with every kid. Right. And she said that she's like, but he just showed up. He always showed up. And I don't know, Xander, I think, do you think that's correct? Like we've always, we don't, you know, we didn't get it all right, but we always showed up of, well, you may have screwed it up. We might not be happy with you, but remember, this is where you come home. We are still here. Even when we're mad at you and you're mad at us, we're still here. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at like my relationship with like my birth father, like, showing up was not something that happened um no. but even in like my most pissed off circumstance with my dad um brent here um looking back on it i can always tell that like he had my best interest in heart right? he always showed up he was always there he was always like trying um and i can see as a dad how hard that could be because i have a dog right now that lives with me and <laughs> some days i'm like does it really need to eat right like <laughs> do i need to take care of it but if like if it was my kid i could see showing up being like the most important thing well i mean i, I know i from my childhood showing up was the most important thing that like could ever happen mind you when they showed up like i was probably in trouble Right. Like if they showed up to a football game, I was probably in jeans and a jersey because I skipped practice that week. But we didn't know that they but showed we were up still there. Right? <laughs> so I, there's definitely a, a lot of value in, in showing up. Um, and that's like that's what separates a good parent from a, a bad parent is like, are you there for your child? Like, right. you know, and being there, it doesn't mean that you have to, like, control them and like make the decision for them. But right. like when they make that bad decision, are you there to guide them out of it and show them what they did wrong? Right. Yeah. Cool. Dude, you're killing it. Right. Appreciate all that. That's good. You guys are, I'm sitting here thinking through a lot of that. And I'm even now I'm challenging myself with some of the stuff that you said. Like, I think my initial reaction is to try to make them be what I want them to be or handle something the way I want them to handle something. And that's good. I'll be able to apply that in my life. Um, immediately of okay let's trying to make sure that i'm not just imposing 
myself on on them, but help them to develop to be themselves. Also, we don't know like how I would react or how we would react in their same circumstance, right? Because we're mm-hmm. we're we're giving like a third party perspective. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like I, you know, it's it's always easy to um to go back through and be like, I would have done this, I would have done that. Like, this is how you should have done it. Like, cool. Like, it's it's great to go through the playbook after the plays already happened. But like, when you're there, like as like as a kid, like those decisions are happen on this the the seat of your pants. You know what I mean? They're they're happening on the fly. Um, and again, it goes back to the same thing I said earlier. Like, the boys have such great foundation of good morals that like. Even when they mess up, they're gonna their their lowest level of training is still so much higher than their the friends that they're around. Like as much as like little jerk douchebags they are, minus Caleb, Jake, right? <laughs> there's like, only two of them. I like that. Only two minus of them. Caleb. Right. So Jake's kind of a d bag, but he's, but he's still super funny. Such a good kid. Like he doesn't like he. Yeah, he's a good boy, dude. He has very strong, strict morals. Like. He has a good foundation of like where he needs to be at as a person, and I mean, you, you kind of just gotta let him fly, let him, let him, let him touch fire. You know what I mean? And be there to be like, hey, like you should probably put that that wound on ice because you burn the shit out of yourself. Let him burn it. That's so hard as a parent, though. It is, hard it is so back. hard to step back and let your kid burn themselves. And I remember as you know, Xander got older, we had to let that happen a few times. And I want to say as a mother, it was, that was so hard for me. Uh, I can't speak for Brent, but for me, it was so hard. I mean, um, I I remember nights, like just being like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, you just want to go rescue. Like that's a parent. Like you want to go rescue in any situation. I want to go rescue, but I also knowing like he's growing into a man and he needs mommy to not rescue him. And that is, it's so easy to say, but it's so hard to do. If, if I could make a change, I think I would have tried to react less. And I think I would have tried to give myself time to stop and think before I reacted. I think I allowed sometimes an angry response instead of, um, instead of trying to think through a good response. So that's something I, I think if I could give a parent advice, parental advice whether it was a blended family or not is that it doesn't matter make sure your home when they're grown is someplace they can have a soft place to land because your kids are going to make mistakes they're going to make really bad decisions and the world is going to teach them like they don't need you to teach them how unfair life is and how unfair the world is i promise you the world will give it to them but once the world gives it to them make sure they know they have a soft place to land at home you always have a roof over your head. You always have a full belly. You always have some place to take a shower. Even if you don't live here, these things will happen because the world will give it to you. You don't need me to give it to you. That's good. That's my advice. Well, DT, we've covered a lot of ground, and it's been a good uh, good opportunity for us to get to chat and talk about some things. And, uh, Sandra, thank you for taking the time to hang out with your parents on a Friday night. I'm going to do this way more. You should. So you know, DT. I'm going to buy podcast time. Me and Austin are about to come in here and tear it off. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, man. Oh, I'm, what? Give me your, give me your schedule. <laughs> give me your schedule, hourly rates. We'll put it on a company card. I don't care. Shout out to Heritage. <laughs> yes. 
Hashtag Heritage Solar. We do. Yeah, we do. Shout out for Heritage Solar. I say hashtag, but for us old people, it's pound Heritage Solar. Hey, I'll pound Heritage Solar. What's up? There's a mom joke in there, but I'm going to go ahead and leave that one alone. You should leave that alone because it's not appropriate. We have, we did bring in our favorite. Sancho's Tacos, it's back. Yes, they did. And then we stopped. I, I'm sorry, you guys brought it in. Thank no, you. Shout out Sancho's. More, yeah, shout Absolutely. out to Sancho's. Always. And our new friends, Avery and Andy Zaninovich at Tolo. Yeah. Um, and we are going to have them on our podcast. We're hello, Tolo. Hello, Tolo. We're loving their wine. And this time they uh, gave us a Tempranillo. That was awesome. And so, very uh, good. Yeah, we had a good time. We bought a bottle of Tempranillo. I just, I don't know. I'm always weird about that. Like, so I, I bought know my I tacos paid for it. And I bought my wife. That's true. There's, <laughs> yeah, that, we're, we're not giving it a, a shout out because it came for free. No, we, giving we, it to because they're local. Because we like it and, and we, I know, but we're we super local big businesses. about supporting our local stuff, people. Very, for sure. Very cool. So, very cool. well, we had a blast. Thanks for having us. Powerhouse Podcasting. Another great episode on. Date night conversations, Date man. Night you guys, conversations. You guys killed it. Do, 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 do. Oh, do, do, Xander do, do, likes do. to make noises. He wants to. <laughs> he wants that to be his <laughs> outro. It's going to be. It's uh, my ambitions as a writer by Tupac is going to be my walkout song. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Man. Well, until the next time, DT. All right. <laughs>